Okay, you read the screen. It's your, it's your job. Please <laughs> read the screen. <laughs> this screen was just typed out barely 10 minutes ago by our friend here who is so prepared. Like, no, why an example of preparedness? We keep it real. That's the point. Today's topic is, are you a product of your childhood? Yeah, you don't know the name. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's you. People know what do you want me to do. Hi, my name is Bob. I'm very famous, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I'm Ross. I'm Steph. Are you a product? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't think this is uh, talked about that much. Yes. You know, how people... I mean, it's true. Okay, okay. I strongly believe that we're all products of our childhood conditioning. Yes. How we act, how we treat people. Um, some could always be traced back to how we were raised as children, how our primary caregivers took care of us or not. So I think it will be very fitting for Steph and I to talk about whether you will forever be the product of your childhood or can you break out of that. Yes. So some context about how we met. I first noticed you when we were at, um, you know White Rabbit? White Rabbit. I, I remember how you looked because I've never seen you before in my life, but you know all the people that I knew. And you were there at the party and you were very different. You had these two black dogs. Oh yeah, I, I remember that party. I remember yeah. when White Rabbit first opened, yes. we do a party before it became a restaurant. Before yeah. they were renovated. It was a groundbreaking thing. Like. Yeah, before they were renovated, he made a big party at yeah. White Rabbit when yeah. it was old church. Yeah. This girl stood out from the crowd and she had this really strange two dots on her cheeks. I did. This haircut with two black dots. Oh, dogs. it did? Yeah. yeah. So it's like she just left an impression and then, you know, things just happened, got hazy and then realized that your friends started dating my brother and then the rest is history. Yes. But it wasn't the smoothest of friendships. No. Things started to go haywire when, because Steph is a very loyal, fiercely loyal friend and I'm obviously very fiercely, fiercely loyal to my no, brother. Fiercely protective of your brother. Yeah, yeah. So when the two split up, <laughs> we chose sides. Yeah, and obviously, it's really sides. Ugly. obviously it beat sides. Yeah. Things got really ugly. And uh, they got really ugly. Okay, I also would like to say they were really young then. I don't think I would do the same thing to you now if it actually happened out that house or whatever. It's yeah. their problem. Yeah. Not, not between us. Yeah. Um, so it went south for a number of years. And I think it came to a point where I would see her around and I wouldn't say hi to her and stuff like that. Yeah. Then after they came to another point where, because it's been so much time, right? That I don't even remember why I was mad at you. I really forgot. I have never stay mad at anyone. Like, I'm a super explosive person, but once it's out, it's out, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I am actually the same. So actually, I, I don't mind grudges and stuff, just like, I don't remember yeah. why I had to be so upset yeah. anyway. So the whole point of this is, right, <laughs> of us introducing each other and our friendship is because we're too, I think, I've always said this to Steph, our friend in common, that I think we're more similar than different. Right. And I don't ever get why we have never been friends. Yeah. And I think looking back on our friendship, right, we have said such really hurtful words to each other. Um, Not very nice, it, sorry. No, no, no. I, I too, like, you know, I thought it was quite creative, but it's my hurtful words. So I was very <laughs> proud of it. But we were quite lyrical. But it scares me, it scares me now to look back how quick I was to just hurt first right. and not, you know, act on compassion. Yes. Because, you know, like, I truly believe that, like I said before, like, you know, we're products of our childhood and, you know, when some, when only hurt people hurt people. Correct. Correct. Like, or hurt people need to strongly defend themselves immediately. Yeah. Because you're so prone to be hurt when you're a child. When you go out, you're like, nope, yeah. you're not going to get close to me. Yeah. And, and the, the funny thing about, about 
like you know how I feel towards you is like every single time like you know your name is brought up all like oh she's I really do miss them you know and so like and so like for me it was like oh I miss the the com because I I seriously crave deep conversation and I live off of that yeah I enjoy conversation be guy girl old young doesn't matter yeah so I remember our conversations distinctly so that was actually what made me like oh yeah what do you mean you still yeah. not talking I don't get it. And what I could see, right, in our like, recent connections, because I haven't seen you in such a long time, and a friend in common... I actually haven't seen you in years. Yeah. Like, um, our friend in common, Douglas Key. We oh, Douglas' on... office is right across the street. Is it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So he reposted a story yeah. of yours. It's like, oh, suddenly you came back into my radar. I clicked on it, and it was a post about self-awareness, about bettering yourself. And I don't know why, I just, I just connected with it, and I've never seen that side of you before. Maybe I grew up. I was I was never like that before. Yeah, to be honest. I think you you're just constantly self aware. Yeah. Like you know, uh, like I think the growing up process is forever until you die. Like yeah. you know, you just never stop sure. it. So I just I just connected with it, left the heart on it, and then that's what we reconnected. With she it. liked my picture. I liked it and gave a black. She heart. slid into my legs. Yeah. And Very convincing thoughts are open. <laughs> not not the back door. So then it's like, and then I started seeing like. She famous, she liked my picture. Oh, I know, be honored. <laughs> I'm 41 this year. I've only started realizing that I have childhood conditioning issues when I was 13. And ever since then, I've been putting in money on therapy. Like, you know, I even saw a hypnotherapist, that's how bad it was. I saw a blind therapist so he wouldn't judge me upon seeing me. All sorts of things, like just to try and understand my daddy issues. My dad left me when I was 11 and he never fought for me. For my custody, he never he just disappeared. So that yeah, he goes bumps. Yeah, that really hurt me because we were very very close. Um, and he just dropped off the face of the earth. He just dropped off the face no of the earth. No explanation. No explanation. But I did find him when I was twenty one, which is really strange. I was in film school and we were um, casting for a student film. I was a casting director and I used that card to pick up hot guys in a bar. So I saw this hot guy in a bar. I picked him up. Turns out this guy knew he used to date a girl who turned out to be my cousin. So my surname used to be Rosalyn Olivero before, yeah. and he used to date an Olivero, and I never knew my dad's side of the family. So he said, you know, maybe this Olivero girl that I used to date could be your cousin. Turns out she was. She connected me with my long-lost dad, and uh, the first thing he did when he saw me was to make me sign away my insurance that he's bought for me. He's already closed my brother's policy. Because I was 21, he needed my signature to close my policy. And that infuriated my mother. Because all this while, he just disappeared. He wasn't even in Singapore. Um, and the one time that I finally got to meet him, he, he made me sign that away. And we were dirt poor. Okay? We lived in a 3 by 4 meter bedroom space. We don't even have a house. So my mom needed that money from the insurance to, to fund like you know, our polytechnic education and everything. So she was very, very disappointed and very shocked as to number one, how I found my father, who's not even in Singapore, and how my signature appeared next to his on this insurance document. That was when I changed my interview. You silly girl, why did you sign it? Because I loved him and I figured like, you know, he paid for it and he was he looked very down and out. Like I it's his to begin with, not mine. So I, I got really mad at my mother because she kept all this information from me. Um and I, I yelled at her, I was like, if you didn't keep this information from me, I wouldn't have betrayed you. But what, what, I, wait, what information? The fact that? The fact that, you know, there was this insurance policy, the fact that he didn't fight for us, like, he, he just disappeared and he, she merely called him that asshole, that bastard who left us. So there's no information, there was no photos, she tore away all the evidence, so I'm just left with this hole. I think, <clears throat> because um, my child's father left 
us, I mean her more than us. Yeah. Her, right? So for me, I think that's what's important for me to educate yeah. my daughter. Yes. Which is why I'm very open with her mm-hmm. about, I mean, obviously not how they left, why they left, you know. But don't take it away from her, right? That right. she has a father. Yes. I just explained to her that he is not here in life right now. Yeah. But he definitely loves you when we had you. Yeah. And that. That is so good. Yeah, I'm very honest with her. I'm very transparent yeah. with her that daddy's just not here. Yeah. It's just very honest answers, yes. but you don't have to go too deep. Yes. They're kids. Yeah. But neither should you. That, like you said, the black hole, yeah. that was what I was worried about because I did not have insecurities yes. as she goes up. No, that's a good call, man. Like, I mean, I'm so glad that that came to you and everything because every time I hear, like, you know, a father leaving the daughter, especially, it's like a very irreparable effect. Yeah. Like, like I said, from 30 to 41, 11 years, I spent, so, I, I put in so much effort, spent so much money, seen so many people, read up so much, like, to try to, like, sort of figure out my daddy issues and not let it like affect my relationships with people and men. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, I'm still working on it after 11 years, but I don't want to be a product of it. Yes. You know, I think the awareness, as you said, is yeah. very important. Like, we can also feel pain from our childhood, mm-hmm. what has left us, but we must know and be aware that this is why we're like this. Yeah. And how should I be? How can I be a better person? Yeah. And we had, earlier we had a, a ten minute conversation, and you brought this up about choosing what you want to make better in your life. You can't be. You can't save the world. You can't save. But we can pick and choose the aspects of our lives that we feel are failing, and try to make those aspects better. Yeah. And you will know this because you have a limited mm-hmm. amount of energy that right. you can expend to people. Yeah. You need your alone time. Yeah. Sometimes you just fall off the radar because yeah, you just need to like mm-hmm. right. So it's like. You need to know your limits. You yeah. need to know what you can handle mm-hmm. and not push yourself to the brim. Like, there's always this need to want to be there for every single person, but I'm a sponge. Like, if I keep listening to people's problems, even though I want to be there... Oh, not just you. Yeah, Actually, not. No one can. Yeah. This is something everyone must understand. When I have a lot of friends, right? I'm, I don't know why. I think I'm likable. So, I know a lot of people, right? So, sometimes a lot of people like to talk to people about their problems because I'm very objective yeah. about everything. So sometimes when I'm down and out, I just don't reply. I don't even say sorry, I can't do this right now because I feel like as long as you engage, they expect something else and then they were like, but please and something. Just don't reply. But you have to be selfish for your own needs if you're not in that space, you're not able to help another person. Don't. That's fine as well. Yeah. I mean, you've been on an airplane before. You know, they say like when the oxygen mask comes down, you put it on a child, put in yourself first before you put in a child. It's like the same theory applies. I feel across the board, like with you, like you, it's not, selfish is not a bad word. Yeah. You know, not always a bad word. You really need to make yourself strong with you. No, no word is a bad word. Please put that on on the words. Words are just words, right? Yeah. So being selfish is also being kind to yourself, I feel like. That's why fish is good protein. That is so fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Oh, oh my god, that is so good. That is so primary school. Do you want to expand on your point about daddy being... Mm. So, so yeah. Yeah, so I think um, the way I... Like this year I found out that, you know, I'm just going to give up on relationships for now, like romantic relationships, because I noticed the way I grieve whenever a relationship ends. I've been in long-term relationships, serious, and I'm always the one ending it, but amicably, there's no drama, everybody's friends. But then also, like, these couple of relationships that I sort of got in, where I'm the rebound girl, 
And those will last for maybe two or three months. And somehow that will get me absolutely depressed. I will cry. I will write them letters. Please don't leave me. I'm like this absolutely pathetic person, right? You know what I'm describing? Why? Because I'm always that asshole in a fling that just drops and leaves. You're very good, And I don't give a shit. No, only flings, but I'm dead. I'm like, the long-term relationships kill me. The ones that I actually invested, and even if, you know, at the breakup, it's like, we talk to me and we're about, yeah. It kills me. Like, can't, it gives me a very long time. Okay. I cannot. But the flings, I'm just like, and then like, they will come and do things and I'm just like, I'm really a bitch, like, to be honest, yeah. when it comes to flings. And I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just cannot. Like, like I think I've an attention span with people. When, it, when it's too easy for me, like, I would leave it. But when it's challenging, right? And I think, uh, that, I think that's got to do with like, maybe my dad leaving me, mm-hmm. right? So I understand that. I recognize that. Like, you know, I'm very attracted to emotionally unavailable men because my army caregiver, like my dad, was ah. not available. Actually, when she says this, I want to bring up this point as well. I think that through my pubescent years, mm-hmm. um, because I was brought up in a... F- I want to put down my family. Okay, my family is great now. I don't, you know, it's not nothing yeah. to do with that now. But when I was growing up... My primary caregiver was my uncle. He was supposed to be the manny, and my father is very, very busy working. So he was, um, he's gay and alcoholic, and don't get me wrong. Your dad is gay and No, my uncle. Okay. <laughs> but don't get me wrong, I have nothing against alcohol or gay people because I like both of them and I have them in my life sure. on a daily basis, okay? So he was gay and alcoholic, and he used to beat me up a lot. Um, sure. Yeah. He- Nothing wrong with him, me, me, or whatever, but I think that he had psychological issues that he probably, yeah. older, older generation people are not aware, yeah. so they don't go and fix it. Yeah. So um, he had an anger issue and the anger would always be transferred onto me. You were the only child, right? No, 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 no. My brother's a boy. He would go and be a boy, I guess. He loves boys. Perhaps. So um, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't delve deep into the abuse side, yeah. but um, Talking about the PTSD, right? Yeah. I think when I was in my teenage years and going to my tw- early 20s, I kept looking for men who hurt me. I kept falling for the MCPs, the cheaters, the liars, yeah. and allowing... Because you're so familiar with yes. that kind of love from your yes. primary and caregiver. You think that, that is love, yeah. and I have been cheated on, like, people, like... Because you're so familiar with it subconsciously. Correct. Took my money, like, that all, like, beat me up. Like, seriously, bad. Like, I had one guy, like, his, I did something and it wasn't that bad now that I think about it and his punishment was I had to walk up and down HTV like block. He lived on the 21st floor, right? I had to go down and up twice. Why? Because that's my punishment. The fuck? And I accepted it because I was so used to being punished as a kid. Okay, wait. When do you realize that this it was not something? Right. Yeah. When do you realize that this was something you were I swear with? to you. Oh, when I was 26. How it took me that long. How old do you know? I'm 36. So I only years. found out 10 years ago. Oh. After being cheated on, like all this stuff, we have been strangled, I've been like yeah. all kinds of things. And only when I was 26, I realized that it's not right. You're yeah. like, why do you accept this? And then I thought about, and I think I only became slightly more mature at 26. Yeah. Before that, I was just like quite reckless. Did you arrive at this on your own, or did you like see a psychologist? No, not yet. Okay. I saw a psychologist much later after my daughter's dad left. But I always. I don't know, I always do this reset thing. So you kind of like saw a pattern and it's just figured Yes, out. I saw a pattern. My friends saw a pattern. They say, they don't understand why do you always let people hurt you. And then they would, as girlfriends, they always blame the guy, but I always blame myself because I have this guilt thing from young life. I always thought it's your fault. Oh, this thing happened in house, it's your fault. 
your brother did this, it's still your fault. Everything was just my fault, like, basically, right? So I have this thing with guilt and being at fault. Yeah. And I realized that in secondary school as well, because anything that happened, any yeah. fight around me, I would somehow manage to make it my fault and apologize to people. Yeah. And at 20, I was like, that's not right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so PTSD, it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's like, um, one of the reasons I'm very drawn to you as like a person. Because I'm cute. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm into men. <laughs> Sorry. Just want to put it out there. Still keeping my options open, just that I'm not actively looking for them. <laughs> uh, no, but I think one of the things I'm really drawn to you about is that you are, I don't know, just constantly different every single time I connect with you. Mm. I am. Yeah. I think actually that's a fault as well to no. some people. To some people, yes. To some people, yes. How can, you ex- how can anyone expect someone to stay the same for them? Some people because, do. Some yeah. people do. No, that's wrong. Like yeah. you know, I met I met a, an old friend from the past. There's yeah. like maybe like fifteen years gap between. Yeah. And we went to catch up over dinner at a restaurant, and I was assertive because I knew what I wanted to eat. That's it. I wasn't treating the waiters like shit or anything. I just said, "Hey, can I have this uh, steak? I want it even done. Like you know, I want a glass of wine. Can you make this glass? That's it." And he said to me after the waiter left, he said, "Wow, you're very different." I was like, "What do you mean? You're quite." You're quite demanding. I'm like, huh? Does he know the meaning of demanding though? So I'm like, uh, but I, but I, I thought I was being nice to the waiter because I helped him by being precise in what I needed yeah, yeah. in my order. Yeah, 100%. So then I actually felt like I was gaslighting myself, okay? So when I went back, it's like, am I a horrible person? No. Yeah. I really don't enjoy when people do that at people. I yeah. feel like people who project what they expect you to be. But, but you remember me as my 18 year old self. Correct. At 28, I'm different because I grow it. Just because I'm, I, I was, I, I take shit before. Doesn't, doesn't mean, mean like, correct. Like now I know what I want. Hundred percent. Like I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. So you, you can't. If you're a good friend to people, like if you love someone in your life, you, you need to grow with them. Yeah. I feel you yeah. need to grow, learn things about yourself, and then hopefully you're still aligned. And and you must understand. I feel relationships in general, friendships, even family. Yeah. Nothing's forever. Yeah. People always say, oh, but my parents are always going to be my parents, my brother's going to be my brother, but nothing is forever. Yeah. Because at some point, like, I had family leave me, I had good friends leave me, I had friendships that tarnished. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can be so close to your boyfriend for like five years. Yeah. And if it's over, it's over. Yeah. Right? And I also define people by the way they fight and disagree. Mm. Like, like how we did. Yeah, I feel like it's a miracle that we're still sitting next to each other. Okay, but to be fair, I've said some really fucking mean things about you. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I didn't say, but I think that like she called me a fig, <laughs> and I said she needed to take grammar lessons. Yeah, it was really bad. Really, it was no, really bad. Take out that email we wrote to each other. Can you please don't watch it on the screen? Can you please don't? don't because like, I was like, I have to put my lawyer mode on. I was like, game on, this girl. Playing English grammar vocabulary sentence structure. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna lose. So um, yeah, yeah it was really it bad. Was, it was really, really bad. I'm surprised that we're still sitting here. But yeah. that is the beauty of it. I feel yeah. as you, as we grew, as we evolved, we realized that that doesn't matter. Those yeah. things are superficial. Yeah. And I realized this really big thing. I a lot of several friends. Yeah. And there was there are some circles that won't give any names to mm-hmm. hurt anyone. That their issues are very petty. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't empathize, but I think I'm not that person anymore that I used to like bigger for the silly reasons or fight. 
and, and gossip about people's lives. Because honestly, right now, I don't care about people's yeah. lives. You need to take care of your mind. I think. Yes. So I care about my life, my close friend's life, and having great conversation like today. But I'm not into like that whole like pettiness of like fighting and like, yeah. being princessy and all that stuff. And so when I let that go, I actually, I severed that and I actually feel better. Yeah. Sad to say. Yeah. But friendships like hers, where I realized that the fight was over something so petty. Yeah. But then two of us can connect and be like, hey, that was so petty. And she can be, hey, that's so bad. Then it's fine. I think, right, it's more tiring to hold on to it, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I think we've gone through really um, heavy childhoods and also very confusing adulthoods that you don't need to add on another weight on mm. our shoulders. You know, like, I think we're both very explosive people. Explosive, opinionated, but strong. When you let it out, is it out and let go? Yes, you don't doubt. But I think, I think we're, we're misunderstood. It's not everyone can take the kind of intensity Correct. from us. Correct. No, no, no. I feel like there's this thing like, when I talk about something that I'm into, yeah. or if you ask me, for example, you say, Steph, why were you angry with me? I'll be like, yes, okay, this is why I'm angry. So, people are like, hey, don't, don't be so aggressive. Yeah. Like, why are you getting angry? Why but are you getting emotional? But you're, but you're passionate. Yes, basically, I'm not angry, I'm not emotional, I'm not aggressive, I'm not being emo. That's just how I express myself. That's how I express myself, and I'm very thorough. Yeah. If you ask me a question, I want to reply you 100%. I don't want to give you 10% of, like, I spoke, like, I don't yeah. do that, it's not my calling. So, I don't understand why people say, like, that as well. Yeah. About being too strong. I yeah. think it also stems from, as she said, having a very rough childhood. Yeah. You learn how to protect yourself. But more than that, I also know that sometimes it's also a fail. Yeah. By being aggressive and being like distant, like pushing yeah. people away, being, you know, angry, explosive. Sometimes I feel like it's people who are insecure yeah. and we need healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's like it's a defense mechanism. Actually, not sometimes it is a defense mechanism. It is, it is. So, like, there was one thing that I read recently, like, also, about how your flaws are also your strengths. Mm. Like, you know how we are so defensive and very assertive, like type A's, right? Mm. We're like type A's. And then the... What is type A? Type A, like, you're just assertive, like. What is type A? Type B is a more passive person. Does it go all the way to C? No, just A and B. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so then like, um, they say like, because that would be a lot. <laughs> no, 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 just like A and B. Okay. Like, like when you're assertive, right, people can find you very like overbearing. Mm, like, overwhelming. Demanding. I've been told that a lot. Yeah. yeah. But the the good side of that is you, when you are presenting yourself to like the wider audience, you are seen as confident and you're seen as assured, right? Mm. So like the problem with us is that because we're type A people, Whenever we are praised for the good side, like you know, when we can present to people confidently and when we show that we are assured people, when we're praised for that, somehow that praise also um, um, gives affirmation to the bad side. Of oh, no, I'm the opposite. Yeah. If someone praises me, I don't even take it into consideration. Wow. Like, I cannot take compliments. It just goes one and up. Yeah. I can't. You can I say thank you? It's like, thank you and then we'll Thank you. No, like, oh, Steph, you really did good. And I'm like, oh, okay, nice. So I, the awkwardness in me, yeah. the awkwardness, so I sound rude, yeah. but it's because I don't know how to like handle yeah. it. And it's because my whole life in my childhood, I've always thought I was wrong. I was yeah. never told I was good or right. Yeah. So I just don't know how to handle but it. This, but do people tell you like, you know, that they admire that you know what you want? Oh, I hear that. I hear a lot of nice things about myself. Okay. And I just don't believe it. Okay. You don't believe it. Yeah. 
But do you feel like that also at some point like you start to you don't you don't believe that you are good at things at all? No no no. No no you don't get me wrong. I'm very confident. Yeah. I know what I'm good at. And I'm always self-praising myself. Yeah. I'm this thing. But when people praise you, you cannot. I cannot. Like when they are joking, I'm okay. Like yeah. they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if they mean it, I have, of course some people sometimes they have team of it. Seth, you did great today. I really like that book you wrote. Seth, like, you know, like, I'm so proud of you where you've come from your struggle when you're not. I can't do it. I'm like, you'll stop. Okay. Like, it's, I can't. It's getting too, like, you. I need to. I can't. Oh. I exit. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's me. I, I'm very different that way. Like, when people tell me that they like, um, you know, my presentation, if I'm confident, I will take it in. I'll say thank you. But what I don't realize is that it also gives affirmation to the ugly side of my type A, which is the overbearingness, like, you know, when, but people are intimidated by me. It, it it feeds that side of me as well. And I only just recently started to become aware of it and to not take the whole like praise thing too seriously. I was just like, yes, thank you. But I wouldn't let it like eat into me. Eat into me. Manifest it. Yeah. Because like I have a problem with, I want people to level up with me. I don't want them to feel like they're walking on big shelves around Yeah. Right? Like, I need people to like meet me on the same level, dare to speak their minds, but that I also realize that's asking about people. Mine's the opposite, you know? I realize that we are very similar and yet very opposite. Yeah. So people think that I'm the opposite, basically. Everyone's comfortable <laughs> with me, everyone tells me all their problems. Yeah. Okay, for example, I went in a cafe, right? Yeah. So naturally, like, obviously, she owns it. Like, so every, this is my cafe. Wow. Nice. So when people come in, right, they also assume because I when I'm chatty, I'm very chatty. But then obviously when I have admin work, I've worked to do up on the computer, they just come in, they so step on I go on the I'm like So they don't ask you like do you have the mental space no, to talk no, to me now? No, no, okay. They just assume that I'm always available because my persona in this store is always open. Open. I'm always available. Because I have to, right? It's part of my job. So I'm always the opposite and Sometimes it's also tiring yeah. in its own way because you don't want to be the bitch and be like, yo, I'm working. Yeah. Sometimes I do because I really have to finish it. You have boundaries. So. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, most of the time I don't because it's bad customer service. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. So you mean like random customers coming in? Uh? No, no, no. People. So all my regulars. Okay. But then also the levels of regulars, right? they're like regulars where they become my really good friends. They come to my house for dinner right. and stuff like that. But then there are also the regulars who just come every day. Yeah. So it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Yeah, I'm learning I, this is why I love conversation. Yeah. Like conversations like these. Because you yeah. learn new things about each other. Yeah. I know I this year like a friend put up on his Instagram. He's like a very um welcoming person. Is he cute? No no no. <laughs> I mean he, I mean he's handsome. Oh, isn't that, but not your type. Oh right. Sure. Oh you know what's my type? Uh, definitely not that. Definitely not that. Tattooed sword. Hey, what? We're just talking about one X. Is it? Yeah. The the longest X. Not, not all tattooed, man. No, lah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't think so, lah. He's a bit natural. Um, but what's wrong with being natural? Okay, nothing wrong. Maybe I need a box. Maybe I need a box. Okay, maybe I introduce you then. Okay, you could be wrong because he hasn't had a girlfriend a long time. So this this friend actually said, and he never ever says anything um controversial or like negative uh, remotely. But there was one time I think he's reached his peak. He actually put on an Instagram story. He said, "I wish sometimes people would ask me before they dump their emotional issues on me. I wish they would ask me if I have the mental bandwidth and emotional bandwidth to listen to them." And it just struck me. Every single time I call him, it would be to 
to dump my day on him. Is it, it because you feel comfortable doing it? He's yes, he, he creates a very safe space for mm. me. But I've never once considered whether he had the bandwidth to like accept my thing. So because of that very passive post that he put, it really was quite strong on me. Like from, from that day on, I, like, I would always ask him, do you have the emotional space to talk to me right now? If you don't, I can call you back. I think this is very important for everyone yeah. listening or everyone watching. Like, I think it's, it's nice not to just ask. about emotional capacity. Um, it's anything. Yeah, it's like you have okay. to work and all that. Yeah, stuff. correct. So if you call someone, but how do you know what it just happened? Yeah. It should be like, hi, are you busy now? Yeah, how are you? How are you? Right? Yeah, are you happy? <laughs> I will. I will. I'm very happy now. Okay, so just ask <laughs> like, okay, are you available to do? I'm on. I need to talk about this. Are you free now? Yeah, and I will tell you. Actually, no, I just would answer your call. Yeah. yeah. It's just like at least give someone, like, you know, the option to step back if they're not there. Like, yeah. you can't call someone and expect them to be at the same level as you yeah. anymore. So, yeah, so I've been more aware of that, you know, about people's capacity to accept problems. I think that's very important. Yeah. And, yes, and the next point is I want to also say this like, we came from pain. Like, our story came from pain. But I must tell you this, I, it made me who I am. As much as it gave me PTSD and I dated like that kind of guy or whatever, it's not very good. But it also taught me survival skills. Yep. It taught me how to be cunning. It taught me, when I say, once again, cunning, I think it might be perceived as a bad word. Cunning is just cunning. Yep. I can use it for good as well. You can use yep. it for business, you can use it for good friendships and stuff. I'm very manipulative. I know that for a fact. But you can use it for good and bad as well. So yep. I feel like these skills, had I not gone through my childhood, I wouldn't be a people person. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to run F&B. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to manipulate people to buy more things than one on the menu. Yeah. Things like that. What's your star sign? I'm a Scorpio. You're like one of the rare people I know that's a Scorpio. No, I love, Scorpios are the best. So you would tell me like, oh, you Gemini, you're fake. I'm like, huh? Where did that come no, from? You are actually, now that you say it, right? You remember how you said that when you cut people off, you just cut. Yeah. Gemini is too. What? I think, I think, let me refine on that. I think for, I, I will never stand up for someone. Like, you know, because I've, I've recently, like, you know, gotten to know new things about a friend that I've known for 20 years. And I feel like you'll always know new things about yeah. people as they go along. You, you cannot be so set on, like, what you see people are. Of course. So I, I can never promise people that I will stand up for them behind their backs. But what I will do is, you will always know where you stand with me. Yeah. Like, I will always be honest. And, like, yeah. and, and you will never, I will never give you a smile if it's not genuine. I would rather just walk away. I can't smile now because I'm old. I lost the truth. Sure. Truth, so I cannot. No, I don't want to. I've been seeing that the whole. I've been seeing that the whole. Time. She has to look at the whole hatred so, LE time. <laughs> Whatever. Very punny. You're so punny. Inspiration. Warm glass of wine that I got from next door that you were raving about. It's warm. <laughs> you didn't tell me you wanted it cold. I'll tell them to take one from the fridge. Room temperature in Europe is very different from room temperature in Singapore. Exactly. Exactly. But it's okay, it's cold now, thanks, you're right. Okay, so back to our point. Mm-hmm. Stop steering away. So back to my point, right? So I feel like even though I had a rough childhood, yeah. it made me who I am today. And I like who I am today. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So as much as there are the negative sides, there are also the positive sides that yeah. you need to see. So if you grew up in a negative or rough childhood, Try to take away the most positive things that it gave you. Your strength. Yeah. Definitely your strength. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All my girlfriends are broken things. When I say broken things, not right now. I mean like when they're young, they're about childhood. Yeah. And I realized that I attract broken things. Yeah. 
You become friends very easily because you're drawn to pain as well. Correct. I'm drawn to broken things because I don't have a good relationship with my mom, but I'll let you. Yeah. So watch this. So I'm like a mother hen to all my friends. I have Maggie, I take care of everyone. I'm like, so it's also a PTSD thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I also realized that the girls that I meet, I really love them because I'm attracted to broken things, but at the same time, all of us, when we band together, we don't gossip about each other, we don't hate on each other. There's yeah. no like, oh, she's pretty, let her be. You know, like, we want each other to excel. You yeah. want that person to look better than yourself, you know? Yeah. And I love that about being a strong woman. And I think you arrive at this right now because you're very settled in yourself. Yeah. I think the only way you can actually be happy for people is if, if you have already like achieved your goals and allow yourself to achieve your goals. Yeah. Strongly believe in that. Like any woman who does, has not allowed herself to live her passions or her dreams will always want to see another woman fail. Yeah. So or human being for that yeah, matter. Yeah, for sure. Like once you're fulfilled. I'm not about that life. Yeah. I want all my friends to do better than me. Yeah. I'm happy. Absolutely, but them. but I can tell you for, for for sure, like at one point in time I was supportive for people until they became more successful than me and I'm very ashamed of that. Mm. But you know, and I and I want to be the person where like I'm so self self-fulfilled mm. that I want to I'm in a position right now to help you succeed to lift you up as well. Oh I mean like, you know what I mean? I'm always helping other people succeed. Really? Always. Well if not, this is a recent thing for me. Yeah. I'll be very frank with you. It's very hard. I'll give up. Yes. Because my last name is up. My jokes. Why nobody laughing? Wow. I'm like, laugh. Yo, come on, man. I'll be punny with the whole. It's funny. Uh, I'm punny with the whole. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Quite my funny. Goodness. Laughing <laughs> now. Being born with the surname Ur, I'm sure you've come up with I like love a it. list of like. Yes, what? yes, yes. My friends hate me for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but the takeaway is that you don't have to be a product of your childhood conditioning. And? So we're talking about pain, right? And then how you can take that pain into a positive thing, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the other side, the other end of the spectrum. Let's say you grew up in a super comfortable, very protected environment and you know, like you've never been exposed to pain. Yeah. I also want you to be self-aware of the good and bad effects it may have had on you. Because I know people like that. Yeah, because sometimes you might have like this crazy over-the-top experience expectation of how life should be because your life is so perfect yes of how life should be and how others should be yeah because you have experienced that and And that's not that's not yeah that's not realistic it's not realistic and honestly sometimes people you see i'm very politically correct yeah sometimes people like that are not nice to be around because they become quite self-centered not all some become quite self-centered and they don't empathize because yeah. empathy was never in their books because they were so happy and like the life was so and I used to envy people like that for so long. I used to envy and I don't randomly use words. I think about words I use because I used to envy that life because I never had it. Yeah. And now I don't not because it's not great. I'm I try to be the best mom to my daughter. I hope she doesn't grow up like that. But when you have everything, yeah. And you discriminate against people who don't have as much, that's number one. Yes. Not to everyone, I'm just saying specific, subjectively. Or if you've been this bubble your whole life, your world revolves around you. Yeah. That's number two. 
Yeah, it's true. Like I've got a girlfriend who have who come from a family, perfect set of parents. They are so in love. They're like probably in their seventies and still holding hands. But she's been having problems finding a boy because she has this man, like, a man, man. yeah, like, like a like guy. What men? Generals. <laughs> All these things. Okay, so so she's not had a problem finding a boyfriend that can match up to that. You know, so like, see, like, that's, that's, that's other thing yeah, as well. That's yeah. other thing as well. Like, but there's nothing wrong with your parents being in love. Yeah. There's something wrong with me liking people cheering me. There's yeah. something wrong. But like, there's always a flip side to things. Like, correct. So too good is too good. Too bad. So therefore, be aware. Is yeah. what we're saying. I think the biggest lesson and take from our conversation today is be aware. Yeah. And then try your best to balance yourself out. Yeah. And also, I feel like people like us who have gone through obvious pain, it's easier for us to pinpoint that, hey, there's pain. Mm -hmm. But for most of y'all, like, I feel like it's not as obvious. And when it's not as obvious, you think that life is perfect. But I feel there's always some degree of fucked upness in yes, your yes, life. Yes. It's just how great or how obvious or how small it is. But mm -hmm. there'll always be some sort of influence that you're trying okay. to bring. Take for example, up, right? So my family is funny. Yeah. Money is very relative, right? Yeah. So we have some money, I would say. My family has no money. A faction <laughs> very poor. Right? Yes. So I grew up on the other side of the spectrum where I had money. Yeah. My dad uh, my dad came from nothing, zero. Yeah. He was born in a coffin shop. My dad had nothing. So he built everything. Yeah. So obviously being the first gen, you want to give your kid everything, yeah. right? But obviously my dad was very busy working. So therefore I had to experience all these other things. <laughs> but um, if I hadn't, and if I had that perfect family, like you know, if I hadn't gone through that stuff, I would think that I would be a bitch. Yeah. Like I would be a bitch, arrogant, like self-centered, and I don't even want to be around myself. Sure. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so was that. Yeah. So I don't think that you know any amount of money you have growing up should should make you who you are. Yeah. But what we're trying to say is your emotional scars, your emotional values that you had throughout your childhood, when you grow up, I've always said this to anyone. Don't, like, I watch a lot of murder documentaries a lot of time. You know, that's what they say about, like, women who are getting older, they just like watching this crime drama. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I read those books. So, they always say, like, you know, there's a pattern of, like, usually, like, men who rape women and kill women is because they have bad relationship with their moms yeah. and so on. I would say those people have very mentality. Because yeah. I think as an adult, for me, 26, right? For you, whatever age. As an adult, you have a choice. Yeah. I know it's wrong to beat up a child. Mm -hmm. I was beat up my whole childhood. Am I going to be my daughter? Help me. Yeah. You have a choice between right and wrong. Because you, it's not even like science and poetry. Mm -hmm. It's literally what's morally right and wrong. Yeah. A moral compass. It's a moral compass. Yeah. So therefore, that's what we're trying to say, I think. At yeah. the end of the day, maybe if you watch this and we help you to restructure your moral compass in a better way, yeah. I think we succeeded. Yeah. Even if it's one person. Yeah. But then she very famous, so. I'm very famous. This is gonna skyrocket the views. One million views. <laughs> if there's no one views, I'm not buying her this wine. Whoa! <laughs> this warm glass of wine? <laughs> I'll pay for it so I can bitch about it. That's false. That's So, okay. So, let's go on to our respective lessons that we learned in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. From the poor girl and the somewhat money girl. Yeah. Now, I don't know if like, I don't know if like, um, social economic status is like a factor here for me. 
Because like even though when we brought poor, my mom never never let us feel like we were needy. It's very strange, like you know, 2007, I think it was the Asian financial crisis, and everyone was talking. I was in secondary school, and everyone in the news were talking about like bad economy. I was like, Mom, what is bad economy? What is economy? And she said to me, It's like, girl, wait, how old were you then? Probably in secondary school, so maybe like teenager, 14, 15. And then she said, Girl, we're too poor to feel it. It's like it doesn't matter whether the economy. I don't think she was trying to make a joke, but now she. Was, but she wasn't. But I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like on hindsight, um, I think she tries to create like as much of a safe space for us as possible. She I think does. All, yeah, but she all does have responsible moms do that. Yes. Her fault is like she kept like you know uh, my dad a mystery to us, and I can't blame her for that. I think back in the day, they they do what they do. They know best. They think they know best. And also back then, our parents were, didn't have access to the kind of knowledge that we no. have today. No. We, we, we live in a very um, connected world. It's it's unforgivable to not educate yourself, yeah. I feel. So let bygones be bygones. Um, we can't change how our parents think. They have lived their lives. What we can do now is it's our turn to live our lives. What we make of it is 100% in our, in our court. Yeah, I agree. And if you if you hate your parents, like your, your father, your mother, whatever reason, for whatever reason, just know that you cannot change them. Then this is the mold that they're in. Your they're probably in their sixties or seventies, right? No That's way. Us. Okay, if you maybe fifty to seventy, yeah, 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 region. Okay, so yeah, my followers. Okay, fifty to seventy. Twenty-six to sixty-five. Apparently, it's just okay. Instagram. Okay, size. fifty to seventy years old. Okay, no way you can change me. Already, I'm forty-one. I feel very set in my ways. Much more, yeah. Like, you know, okay. Say about someone who's much older. So don't try to change them. Um, make some space for them to be them, and then allow yourself to just be you. Just know that this this future from here on belongs to you. And okay, maybe you're allowed to really intertwine this into the same space because Asians we, we have a failure to much. Yeah. It's not even failure to much. It's just a thing where we don't out. And plus, we cannot afford rent. So, <laughs> so um, instead of trying to change them or trying to complain about them or being resentful of being in the same space, mm-hmm. try and take comfort that you get to see them. And I like to twist my negativity into funny, punny mm-hmm. thing, even though it's a lean joke or whatever, I do it that way so that it's easier to accept. Yeah. It becomes funny, therefore it's laughter, therefore it's less stress. Yeah. That's me. I also find like ways to create personal space. Like I like I said earlier, I lived in a four meter by three meter bedroom. It was a two bedroom HP flat of which my brother, my mom and I occupied one bedroom and we had double decker beds to, you know, maximize space. But so all three of us would be in that bedroom, our wardrobes and everything, our homework, it was done in that room. So how I created space then was like earphones, you know, like you just need to steal your mind, have mental fortitude. You can create that space even in the presence of others. Maybe I'm better at it than most people, like, you know, but I'm just saying it's not impossible to create your own space when you set mind, your mind to it. Once again, I'm the opposite. Like, I didn't live in a small space. Yeah. I wasn't a place we lived in a condo at the time. Yeah. But because the adults around me are not being adults. At 8 years old, I thought this. The adults around me are not being adults. And I need to get out of this space because they were abusive. It was just in that. Yeah. I ran away here. Okay. Maybe that's why I'm a creative now. Because yeah. I knew my mind was boundless. My mm-hmm. imagination was boundless. I just closed my eyes. Sort of a different place where I would like to be. That's also another way, I guess. Yeah, it's actually quite similar. Similar. Yeah, yeah. But well, you I hit phones. But I hit phones and like just like okay, I'm in my bubble. So you sleep. Yeah. 
Your mind is a very powerful tool. Correct. Yeah. It can take you anywhere. Okay, so mindset, right? So yeah. that's your take. I think for me, actually I did say, I want to turn the negative lessons that I was actually shown in life into a positive lesson for myself to grow. Yeah. But also beyond that, if you're a younger person and you're still like currently experiencing your debt is left or yeah. you know, abuse, physical abuse especially, because I was reading out about physical abuse in Singapore for women and children, yeah. it is not okay. You have to do something about it. Yeah. Run away. Yeah. I think a lot of I was also not I wasn't raped or anything, but I was like molested actually. I guess that's the word. I think sexual abuse is too heavy. Yeah. But molestation also sounds a bit much. It felt like sexual abuse. Okay, right. Yeah. So I, I was also subjected to that at some points in my life. Because you're so used to abuse. And I'm telling you, the victimized mentality would make you think that I can't see anything. It's not right to see anything. You become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you accept the abuse, you accept the abuse, you accept the abuse. Abuse is abuse, period. It is not okay. Yeah. So that's what I want to strongly tell anyone who's watching this. Stand up against it. I know you might feel very small. Maybe it's a man against you. Maybe it's leave the house, leave the space, go somewhere further away. Maybe you have no friends. Because you know, sometimes it's, you corner yourself away when you're that helpless, you don't even dare make friends because you're afraid of being hurt. Call someone, call the police. If you have access to the internet, find some hotline to call. Yeah. Just get out of that. Yeah. Really get out of that space right now. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, all this, all these that we figured out about ourselves, right? We, we had the luxury of a decade or maybe more. It took time. Um, lots of trials and tribulations. Like, yes. At this point, a lot. Like, of course, it's it's very easy for us to say at the end of our journey right now, like, at the tail of our journey right now, to, like, to to be brave and to do this, to do that. But I also understand that if you are not able to be brave, and right you're scared and you're still stuck in that, and or if you have no friends yeah. or anyone to call, yeah, um, that's also a very normal process. It's unfortunate. Pick up a locker. But it's so good. <laughs> I'm literally just kidding. She is like literally talking through the book. No, I'm pretty sure Steph here will keep her channels open should anybody want to, you know, further ask her things. Oh, please don't do that. Because <laughs> I'm not famous like her. But I'm not famous like her, but please don't do that. But <laughs> because I feel like I'm so approachable. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for thinking approachable, by the way. I get a lot of DMs. <laughs> essay longs oh, about their life issues from head to toe. I think, I think and I then think. it ends with what should I do? And, and I don't think it like me. Yeah. So what I'll be like, please call anxiety comment. Because that's yeah. rude, right? And no, no, I think it's responsible that you do that. Because I do get some of that. I feel like whenever you're you're a public figure, you have I'm not a public figure. No, but you are. Because not everybody has like over ten thousand followers, okay? That's just, Is this very easy? No, but just like if you don't buy them if it's authentic, it's yeah. not normal for any regular human being to have more than 10,000 people. Okay. So please accept that it's a platform. But the problem is like when you have a platform and a reach like that and you show a bit of vulnerability, people connect with it and yes. say you're immediately their friend. So I do have like these long messages and sometimes I feel very compelled to reply that but it's not the responsible thing to do. Correct. I think you're right. Like, you know, it's sometimes you feel like it's easier to reach out to a person, a face and someone whose name you know mm. who has shared some... And you feel like you understand 
yeah. their issues and you've been through but we're not people to help you yeah. after all we did, to be honest. we did set up our Instagram accounts to communicate to share our art to share our love our music our personal you know like slices of life but we're not professionals and no. we're not people who can help you in your depression or anything no. What we can do is like direct you to yes. people who can help. Yes. Like like for Steph and I, we've said it in our podcast already. We've actually This is how we have Yeah, we found it in ourselves. But not everyone can find yeah. it the same way. I mean there's so many ways to, yeah. to get help. I mean I went for private therapy. That's not that's not I saw a, a psychologist as well. That's like $150 for a session. But you know, governments uh, in polyclinics, they do have like more of a go options. So yes. there are options out there. And there are hotlines to call. And I, and I, and I consider like therapy to be spa for the mind. If you're going to take care of your body by eating good food or like going to the gym, you need to take care of your mind as well. And to write to an influencer or a KOL or someone that you met on Instagram. I don't think you should do that. Yeah, it's not because, it's dangerous. Also because, okay, we're quite real, I would think, but there are a lot of KOLs and influencers out there yeah. who are faking it. Yeah, all the images and pictures and all this stuff is yeah. doctored. They are out like backdated. They only do it for the brand, literally. Yeah. Or they might not be equipped to handle the pain that you are going through. And therefore, okay, so I get all kinds of these kind of like long messages, right? And honestly, I'm very touched. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, trust me, patients. And also, you connected with people. And I connected with people. And yeah. sometimes when it's like single motherhood type thing and this, like, it's really quite desperate, I, I, I really answer and I'm like, my story's not your story, but this is how I heal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is how you can heal, but I'm telling you, if you take the path on healing, whatever way it is, someday you'll feel better. Yeah. At the same time, please reach out to a professional. If yeah. necessary. Yeah. Because I don't have the I still feel like yeah. I'm a wound. Yeah. In many ways. Yes. And I'm still trying to heal. Yeah. And I think that nobody is perfect. Yeah. So at any stage of your life, if you help, reach for help. Yeah. And I think we're good examples that you don't have to be a product of your childhood upbringing. That's the thing. That's very good. Very good. Yes. Subject. So don't be a product of your childhood upbringing in both ways, mm-hmm. in pain and in the fluffiness of like a very you know rich or well loved or whatever family. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah. Really look at yourself inwards. Who you are. Yeah. Would you like to be friends with that person? Would you like to have that person in your life? Yeah. I think that's my gauge always. Yeah. We got it. We did it. Good luck editing the shit. You must say goodbye first. And the proper ending. Hey, you're a host. Your travel show. Your don't, pitch, don't pitch and hold me. I'm jobless. Yeah, okay, but the radio DJ, how do you end oh, it? Yeah, but do it in the radio DJ voice. Stay cool and funky always. Goodbye. <laughs>